Well, hello everyone. Welcome to this week's TNG. My name is Richard, and in today's show, we're going to be having a look at the video that Valve dropped regarding the breakdown of the Steam Deck. I wanted to highlight this because there were some really cool bits and pieces in there that I just wanted to go over. We're going to be talking about my time with New World after about 15 hours, and I'm going to be discussing my thoughts and feelings regarding Battlefield 2042 Early Access Open Beta because that's a mouthful anyway grab yourselves a hot cup of drink or whatever you do drink sit back relax and let's dive in as always a massive thank you to people who support me over at patreon.com tng you can do the same and get your name shouted out on the show if you wish to do so go do support me over there for as little as a dollar and you can get the shows early and all that good stuff. So head over to Patreon slash uh, patreon.com slash TNG and support me and all the content I produce. Before I really dive into all the stuff I wanted to discuss, I wanted to kind of go over a, a little thing that kind of been bugging me a little bit over the last week or so. I had been asked multiple times why I've changed my name in media, content creation, and all those kind of things. And really, well, to be honest, it's down to me what I do and what I call my content. But also, actually, I've never genuinely really found a place that I could call something I'm comfortable with. Um, I've lived for too long with people, you know, with caring what people think which is a really daft thing to say but at the same time it does hold you back from making content it holds you back from producing things that you really enjoy and it holds you back from just trying something different when you constantly sit there and think if i produce this people are going to laugh at me or people are going to think i'm stupid or people are going to think of this that and the other and quite frankly it's one of the reasons why some of my shows in the past have been a bit well probably sound like they don't have any kind of passion involved for me personally it's about wanting to talk about things that i'm interested in tng isn't you know there's there's no, nothing special no meaning behind it but it's three letters that i quite like the sound of that they, they do mean something and at some point as i said in the past i may go over that i may discuss what i decided those three to be but all this is, is just a place for me to express my opinions, thoughts and feelings around games and gaming media. And that's it. There's nothing else. But the first barrier to do that was to get over the fact that someone may not like my content. Someone may not enjoy what I do. I've been making content on and off, streaming and bits and pieces for probably about four or five years. I've had downtime. I've had times where I've gone absolutely ham at doing things. But genuinely, I always get caught up in this really weird cycle of anxiety of people not liking my content. And actually, from this day on, I don't care. Genuinely, if I put this out and there's people out there that like my stuff, then thank you, welcome, and I really appreciate you. But if I put something out and someone doesn't like it, so be it. So they're not going to like everything that I do, and they're not going to, some people aren't going to like anything I do. And it's nothing that viewers and listeners can do it's me as a person that has to get over that and i'm over it genuinely but that's kind of why i wanted to sort of address this whole why do you keep changing it why this why that it's up to me simple as that as frustrating as that probably is to some listeners it is down to me and how i feel about my content yes it doesn't do great for a brand or a structure or whatever you want to call it but 
here's the thing, and here's the bottom line. Believe it or not, I have a full-time job. I also run a martial arts school. Content is something to do to learn how to make better audio, how to make videos, be better myself as a human by learning new skills, not to try and earn ridiculous amounts of money and be one of these top five streamers on Twitch as we've just recently seen from the leak. No, it's it's not, if, that's any, if those figures are true, by the way. No, that's not why I'm doing it. And when I disconnected myself from that and then disconnected myself from people saying things then disconnected myself from actually produce something that you personally enjoy whether it hits or not is entirely you know it doesn't matter it's whether you enjoy making that content and that's why youtube has never really been a major factor in my content because i've always been scared of putting something out or not enjoying the name that my channel was but it wasn't me not enjoying it. It was my brain going, oh, that doesn't sound catchy enough, or this doesn't sound that, this and this. And actually, do you know what? I don't care. I don't care what people think or people say, and people can say what they want. And I've recently been in a spat privately on Twitter, and I'm not going to release any of it. But to that person, and they know who they are, Go away. Do do what you've got to do. Disturb someone else or whatever you want to do, whatever you want to say. Just just leave it. If that's what you've got to do in your spare time, then so be it. I am happy with the way my content is starting to look and the way my content is starting to shape. And genuinely, I care a lot more about my content now in 2021 than I have ever done in the sense that I'm learning new mic techniques. I'm learning and understanding, for example, my microphone. I've sat down and done a load of research on how to, to get the best out of the microphone I own. Understanding where my gain should be, the volume control and stuff like that, stuff that I've always struggled with because really it was down to a matter of actually I'm more concerned about what people think of my content and if it sounds bad or this, that and the other. And actually, do you know what? We're just going to give it a go. We're going to produce it and have some fun, and I'm just going to enjoy myself. So to the people that have stuck around, thank you. You know, I really appreciate you, and I genuinely do. And this six or seven minutes may sound like I'm just whinging, but I'm not. What I'm genuinely trying to say is, actually, I really enjoy what I do. I enjoy my job, my real job. I enjoy the martial arts school that I run, but I also enjoy creating content. And I enjoy trying to better myself in learning better things and understanding that actually leveling up as, as a human is actually about learning those new techniques and understanding how, if I want to create videos, how that works and so on. So yes, you know, I've said it multiple times, there is more content coming. I've actually produced more for this podcast now since it's been called TNG than I have for any previous podcast. And that's no lie. There is stuff now waiting in the wings to go out pretty much once, twice a week because I have an idea and I'm going to take that idea and there's people out there that genuinely care about my ideas and have helped me develop as a person. So there you go. I just wanted to kind of put a little bit out there. I didn't need to, but I wanted to because yeah, that kind of that anxiety of someone not liking something you just spent a load of time doing is real and it's there and it's quite a horrendous thing to experience. So there you go. Sorry to start this podcast on a, a really weird note, but let's move on to what I wanted to talk about. And just just so you know, um, I do all these unscripted. There is no kind of script. I haven't I haven't thought about doing a script, or I'm gonna try and do a script. I don't know. Anyway, I want to talk about the Steam Deck's recent video 
uh, or Valve put out a video regarding the breakdown of the Steam Deck. Um, it was quite interesting and quite a sort of factual, fun video at the same time. It had a lot of going things going for it, and I quite enjoyed their tone. Some of the editing was a bit weird, uh, that had to be said. But overall, it was really nice. And I think the overarching message that Valve were trying to get across was, you know, you you don't have to pull this apart. There are going to be professionals that can do it. But if you want to, do it. But, you know, follow these steps because the unit is tightly packed. And no kidding, when they lifted the back, when they pulled the back of this thing off, this unit is absolutely ridiculous. It is like they've gone in there with a Tetris World Champion and they've put every single bit in there they can think of. you got to remember the Steam Deck has multiple ways that you can interact with it. So you have your buttons, you have your joysticks, you have your D-pads, you have your touchpads, you have a touchscreen. So they're all going to take up a lot of space. And yes, it has more uh, um, I.O. than things like the A&Neo. Um, not a lot more, but it has more. Um and that's going to take up a bit of reasonable space as well. But a lot of this looks like they are module data boards that can actually be replaced. And I think there's one comment that they made in the video that really stood up. Well, there was a few comments actually that they made that really stood out to me. But one of them was about the fact that you can repair this if you want to. You know, at the end of the day, pulling technology apart is cool. But there are some warnings and some caveats. You pull the, the case apart, it's going to damage the strength of the unit. You know, it's that tightly packed. And Kotaku here have got us a bit of a write-up from it. I forgot to take notes on the video. I could go back and watch it. But at the same time, you know, um, I'm old and lazy sometimes. It's nice to see that Valve are taking the right to repair seriously, and that's why I wanted to bring this up. There are companies out there that would you rather not touch their equipment and that you would pay three, four hundred pounds to have a new you know, piece of equipment sent to you. I own one of those phones, and I own products from that company. I think we all know the name, and the name is Apple. Apple are terrible when it comes to rights repair and they've been known to shut people down and all sorts and it's nice that Valve, I also think it's Valve taking shots but it's nice to see that Valve are releasing a piece of equipment that's costing the, the consumer over £400 if you're buying the mid-base one or the, the top tier one but they're saying look this is your Steam Deck, you have the right to open it, it's entirely up to you but it does come with some warnings. You know they're basically saying look and I think they also say that in the warranty, the warranty covers damage to the Steam Deck, but it doesn't cover, you know, damage caused by you by opening it up. So they're quite clear as day what is covered and what is not. So with this picture from Kutaku of a screenshot of the um, the video, you've got um, what looks to be or what is the Steam Deck. It's upside down. Um, and what was seen in the video when they were taking the case off was what it looked to be a mold for the Steam Deck to sit on your desk where you don't scratch the screens, damage the buttons, really cool piece of aquatic mold, but it looked really, really cool. So on the back here, what we've got here, you've got your two joysticks, which is one of the things they're replacing, and the joystick is is housed completely on one. It's a total one uh Boards. So you got the you got the module board or the da uh, data board. I was going to say data, but data board. Um, and then you got the joystick on top. And what's really cool is the fact that it all comes out with three screws, and then you can screw it back in with three screws. Um, and that's smart. It's really good. And Valve did say that there was going to be you know 
support for recognized parts and all that kind of stuff. Now, we don't know what that extensive list is going to be, but, you know, there is going to be lists of parts available for us to repair our expensive equipment. And that's how it should be. Below the right stick, which is what they removed, you've got more of the items, you've got more data boards, I'm guessing you've got your touch inputs and stuff like that. To the right of that, to the right of the right-hand joystick, is you've got the heat shield, and they were really apparent that you need to be careful not to dis- uh, disrupt the, the heat shields and the, the how the heating is, you know, dissipated through the, the system. But underneath there is the SSD. Now, interestingly, what I didn't realize, and at fate, I took at face value, is that I thought the 64-gig model would have been soldered onto the board somewhere, or something like that. And Linus did like a bit of a breakdown of this, and they were saying the same thing. I didn't think, or I don't think, the 64-gig is going to be upgradable, but they did say that you can, you know, it goes into the same NVMe SSD slot. So whether some people who are going to buy the £350 one, I think it is, and be able to upgrade, I don't, we don't know. One of the things I think people will want to do is upgrade that internal memory. You know, so if you've got the 250 gig, that's the one that I've reserved, that is probably going to be something that you want to upgrade, especially us tech nerds that want to do it. They do state that you don't need to. The micro SD card slot is plenty fast enough. And it was um, something also Linus uh, in Linus's video. And if I remember, I'll make sure I link the videos in the um, podcast description. Linus even said that when he had hands-on with the Steam Deck, Valve didn't tell him which videos or sorry, which games were loaded on which, you know, drive. They had an SSD in there and they had games installed on the drive and on the um, SSD and they didn't tell him which games was loaded for which. And he said it was plenty fast enough. And there are some fairly fast micro SDs. So I think for me and my comfortability of repairing things and switching stuff out, I would probably just upgrade the micro SD to make sure that I've got a decent sized micro SD card in there and install my games on that. If games take a few seconds longer to boot up um, than they do on the SSD, so be it, as long as those games work fine once they're loaded. And that SSD is a small, I think it's 28 um, micro SSD, and that's located under this heat shield. And the SSD is also next, I mean, as close as anything next to the um it's next to oh i can't think of the the wi-fi and the bluetooth antennas really really shocked to see how close that was and they do say in the video that they've picked this um, nvme ssd or the micro sd for certain reasons you know heat reasons um so if you pick an off-the-shelf ssd you could get thermal uh higher thermals which is going to increase battery um usage you know it could be decreased performance if it's the wrong type of ssd you've got things like it can interfere with the wi-fi and the bluetooth antennas and so on i would like to see valve produce a list of ssds that are compatible and i would like to see you know i I genuinely think that an ssd internal would be something that people would want to break down and uh, change so Overall, the message was from Valve, don't mess with the Steam Deck, but mess with the Steam Deck. It was a little confusing, but they are showing us that they have and are supporting right to repair. We didn't see a lot more than that in this video. 
we saw them take out a joystick and then we saw them take out the SSD um, and I'd like to see a full-blown teardown and no doubt uh, one of my favorite YouTubers Jerry Rig everything when he, he'll probably get his hands on one and we'll see you know scratches at a, a level six and whether deeper grooves are a level seven and so on I am excited to get this machine in my hands quarter two next year I think I am really really excited I think what they've got is something quite an incredible piece of equipment that's got everyone hyped and everyone excited about seeing it and now that they're going out there and saying look we're going to have the compatibility for you to repair your 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 parts because let's take the Nintendo Switch the Joy-Con you know this 300 pound console has launched and it's got one of the most notorious bugs or issues hardware issues joy-con drift that nintendo have basically turned around and went no sorry that's your your problem nothing to do with us and they've kind of just pushed it to one side where and even in the oled model they've come out and said that there is no hardware revisions so it's the same joist joy cons that you're getting joy-con drift on and they've said here, Valve have gone, look, you know, you can replace them. It's all one unit. You know, take these screws off here, unclip this, drop it in there, and away you go. And I think that's really, really good and really uh, commendable. And I shouldn't have to say that it's really commendable in the, in 2021. Companies should allow us, when we spend hundreds upon hundreds of pounds on a piece of equipment allow us to actually upgrade and change and fix those things we haven't bought into a contract with that company by buying their equipment you know we haven't gone we haven't signed an agreement to say that you know you cannot open this piece of equipment for this reason no we spent our hard-earned money and that's as simple as that so congratulations to valve i'm looking forward to getting a hold of one stay tuned to tng for more steam deck news as we get it I'm looking forward to seeing what we can get once Steam Deck start getting out in the wild. Let's transition into my next story, and it's kind of wild. Yes, it's all about New World. Did you hear that transition? Excellent. Good. So, New World released, I think it was, uh, it was like the end of September, beginning of October. And my God, it's been an incredible, kind of scarily good launch. That's the worst sentence in the English language but it has it's been a strange one it really is so what do i mean by strange well strange i mean what's the good the bad and the damn ugly regarding the new world new game so for those who don't know or have been living under a rock jeff bezos amazon prime or amazon sorry amazon game studio has decided that it wants to foray into the gaming market we all know what happened to crucible it hurts to talk about it but i quite enjoyed it back in the day but it did flop and everyone was a little bit concerned regarding New World. New World is their action MMO and it's an open world MMO and it's huge. It's also a little bit grindy, but we'll get to that. First of all, when it launched, it launched to mass, mass pop, um, population launch. Uh, it was popular, is that what I'm trying to say? I don't know, but it was definitely popular. It definitely had those um, moments where all of a sudden we're sitting there going wow at one point on steam it had like nearly 900,000 concurrent users 900,000 in a new mmo haven't seen that much hype since well i don't know don't remember the last time i saw that much hype it's kind of crazy that we are looking at that and going yep cool what a new world 
currently on Steam, um, while I wait for Steam to, to load, it has roughly... It's got 417,000 people currently playing the game. So there are a lot of people currently playing New World, and that's great. It's great to see. But there was problems. At launch, people and players were met, including me, with serious queue issues. And there are still problems with servers and queues where you can't create characters on your friend's servers, and they're telling you to create a character over here, and we'll give you a free character trade over to to the server of your choice for free and all this kind of good stuff but still they were plagued with queues some queues were reaching 10,000 that's serious i know us brits love to stand in a queue and we don't complain about it i did have to have a whinge about these ones and i know it's launch day and all that kind of great stuff and it's great to see but when you're hyped and ready to jump into a new game Wow, 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 I did not expect to see those queues. Luckily, like I said, the queues now have calmed down. I've created a, a character on US and a character on the EU. And between those characters, one is about mid-15, 16, and the other one's about 20. I think that's where I am after about 15 hours of game time. And, you know, I, did, I didn't jump into it last Tuesday straight away. I just kind of lay, let it be. I couldn't get to it till Wednesday. Tried to play it Wednesday queues finally got on to a server that no one of my friends were on and played around and just experienced some of the the game i didn't play a lot of the betas i stayed away from this game in the beginning because well mmos have never really been my jam for a while i really haven't wanted to play a new mmo for a long time and there's nothing bad about mmos but I'd almost hit that weird i've had enough of the mmo genre I played a lot of Guild Wars 2. Guild Wars 2 still has a very fond place in my heart. And I've got a special TNG episode coming up on T uh, Guild Wars 2. But still, Guild Wars 2 was that MMO that I really enjoyed. It was something about the combat in Guild Wars 2 that made me dislike other MMOs out there. Like Wild of Warcraft and Final Fantasy XIV. As much as I appreciate things that Final Fantasy XIV do, and I'm a Final Fantasy fan... I just don't like the combat. That tab-targeted combat isn't for me. I just don't enjoy it. I find it too monotonous, too slow. Just, it's not for me. I, yeah, I appreciate people who love it. And if you that's your thing, cool. Go out there and smash it. But for me, it just wasn't for me. And with Final Fantasy XIV, I subscribe, I unsubscribe, I subscribe. And now I've hit the point where, do you know what? I can't be bothered to worry about it. As much as I know the content and the story is fantastic, because I'm told all the time, I just can't be bothered with it. Simple as that. And MMOs are time sinks. That's what they are, time sinks. But New World caught me off guard. When I tried the open beta um, about a month ago, so ago, I wasn't expecting the combat to be what it was. And that's one of the big things for me when it comes to an MMO. Because Guild Wars 2 was my first MMO, I'm always looking for that kind of action-based combat. I'm looking for something that just feels kind of different. And Guild Wars 2 did it. And I feel like New World does it too. So sit with me, bear with me while I go through this. You, as a character in New World, you can have one character that does all. You don't need to have multiple alts, which is something that I do appreciate. Because I'm, I'm, I'm an alt fiend when it comes to things like Guild Wars 2. And I'm not comparing Guild Wars 2 to New World. That would be like comparing apples to pears. They are MMOs, but they do things very differently. 
Anyway, back to New World and it's combat. You pick up a weapon and the weapon you pick up has skills. You have three skills available to you and you get them from adding skill points into your weapons. They're like weapon points or whatever you want to call them. And that's basically how you, you know, get your skills. Your character essentially doesn't have any skills. It's your weapons. And they've got a foray of weapons from swords, sword and shields, to hatchets, to spears, and so on. And they even have guns. And it's always fun to look at an MMO to see how they implement the gun mechanic. And everything in the sound design with these weapons is really, really satisfying. I found it really satisfying to even just listen to my pickaxe hitting a boulder. And that, to me, was satisfying. Honestly, the whole thing has been quite an enjoyment in that kind of respect, where you pick up a different weapon, your skills will be different, and each weapon has two skill trees, so you can kind of decide what build you want to go and how you want to play that weapon. And up to a certain level of your weapon, level 10, it's all free, so it's good to respec and play around with those weapons as much as possible. But ultimately, the sound design behind those weapons, the guns, you know, the, the, the muskets sound great when, they, when you fire them. The... Um, the swords and everything, the clanging of swords and hammers are great. The hammer itself has got some of my most most my most favorite. Wow, has got some of my favorite skills in the game. You have this swing ability, and it sounds almost like Milnor from Avengers. The way it swings, and then you have this ability that jumps up and causes CC by slamming the hammer into the ground, and then you have you know one where you slam the hammer you know, uh, on the, the side of the hammerhead into the ground that sends a path of destruction out in front of you. The hammer is cool, and so is the spear. I've got into the point where I'm really enjoying the spear. And ultimately, that's what a game should do. Yes, I'm going to say, in a minute, I'll get onto some cons, but actually, for a game that grips you in its combat, an MMO needs to grip you in its gameplay in the stuff that you're doing all the time you know you're kicking the crap out of enemies you're gonna be pvping people the combat is one of the most key points of any mmo and new world i think does that satisfyingly what it doesn't do satisfyingly though is its quests the questing system is your typical mmo go here fetch this do this go back and that can get quite monotonous I think that's one of the biggest problems with with new world in its questing system it doesn't try and you know, innovate. Guild Wars 2, and I'm going to use Guild Wars 2 as my comparison because Guild Wars 2 is the MMO that I have the most experience with. I know about WoW and the fetch quests and Final Fantasy 14 and the fetch quests, but Guild Wars 2 did something a little bit different. You would go up to someone and you didn't even have to talk to an NPC if you didn't want to, and you'd automatically be put into the heart, the hearts with the quest. And you would do the quests, and I'm not saying that all quests were perfect, but it was the mechanic of the quest that made things different. And you could walk around doing your quest in Guild Wars 2, yada yada yada, getting on with your day, and when you completed that quest, you walk off. You don't need to speak to anybody. The reward is sent to you automatically. Job done. Yep, that's all it is, I believe. I'm pretty sure that's how it works. Yes, yes it is. It just clears it. Done. But in a lot of MMOs, and New World included, they fall into that same trap of having you go over there, kill a few enemies, and go back and get your reward, and then go over to the next person. Do And that, for me, is one of the reasons why MMOs just don't stick at the minute. There's no kind of... 
innovation in the questing system. And that to me is one of them is a missed opportunity with New World. They really could have tried something different. I don't know what they could have tried because there's only probably so many ways you could do a quest a quest. But you could almost do something like Guild Wars 2. You know, go over and they tell you you've got to go over there and do this, this, and this. And you don't have to run back a thousand meters to go turn it in. I had a quest um for the faction, um, and I had to go what apparently was a kilometer there's one run speed which doesn't bother me there's no mounts which again doesn't bother me but i had to run from 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 base camp to these this questing area the quest took me ages because i couldn't find what i was looking for and when i finished i then had to run back a thousand meters to turn it in no just just complete it and then when i return to camp if there's any rewards or anything like that i can pick them up at my own leisure i think that's one of the things that new world needed or does need is just the change on how the rewards and everything is delivered regarding the questing system. I think that could be a better. And that, that is one of my biggest gripes, and it will be one of the things that stops me from playing this game is because that, yeah, the quests themselves are trash. They really are. And, you know, we are entitled to our own opinions, and my opinion is the questing system isn't great. But the stuff that New World gets right, i.e., the sound design, the looks, the game is one of the best looking MMOs since I played Guild Wars 2. Guild Wars 2 is a fantastic looking MMO, but New World is also a really good looking MMO. I didn't encounter any bugs. People were reporting crashing um, bugs here. 3090s, I don't have a 3090, we'll get onto specs in a second, were, were being bricked through this game. But for me, I played it on a Ryzen 5600X. I've got a GCX 1080 Ti. I haven't got one of these new fangled dangled cards. But I played it on those systems. And I was playing at 1440p. A couple of settings here or there adjusted. And it was a majority on high. And I was getting a solid 60 to 70 FPS without it breaking a sweat. This game is well optimized. This game is solid. Amazon have got a really good product here. But I think it needs some design changes to really make it the next big MMO I've seen some of the dungeons on stream they look a lot of fun um, but I haven't seen any of the end game content level 60 is the max and I've heard once you start getting past level 30 the grind gets increasingly difficult and I don't know if I'm all about that life I think for me there's other things I want to play there's other things I want to enjoy and new world is solid but is it worth going all the way to the end to really kind of get the max out of it? The other thing I wanted to say that I really enjoy from New World, and this is why it's scripted, it's all over the place, is how you build your character. This should have been put in earlier, but anyway. Um, not only do you have your skills come from weapons, crafting and gear is a real big thing in this game, and your gear score and how you rank your gear score up. So each piece has a score, and then it you know adds it and divides it by... Uh, however many pieces are within the gear score and you are then given your gear score on top of that you have your attributes and you can really can design your character the way you want so you have things like focus and strength and dexterity and all these kind of things and there's like five or six different categories but they affect certain weapons intelligent affects magic based weapons plus also your your guns are inf uh, you know affected by the intelligence dexterity affects dexterity based weapons spears rapiers hatchets those kind of things strength is there for a reason then you have constitution uh, which is your health and focus which is your life it does have its traditional tank healer and dps roles and that 
is New World in a nutshell. There is nothing wrong with New World. There's nothing wrong with the game in, in the sense that what it tries to achieve and what it wants to be, it's a lot of fun. There are just some things that grate on me as it's an MMO, and I always find MMOs a little bit tiresome in places. So, have you picked up New World? Are you playing it? Are you enjoying it? Are you one of the 417,000 people I just spoke about in playing New World? Let me know. I'll let you know where you can get in contact with me at the end of the show. Right, let's move on to Battlefield 2042, or the latest instalment in EA's Juggernaut series, that is Battlefield. For those who don't know, Battlefield is probably one of my favourite first-person shooters. It always has been, and it always will be. And I got lucky enough to get access to the early access open beta. So, I don't know why they do this, but if you pre-order the game, which I haven't, you can get early access beta. And then if you don't pre-order the game, you can get access to the open beta, which started Friday. It goes over this weekend. So, you got I've, I've been playing sort of on and off Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and a bit of today. And it's okay. I think what I want to kind of get across here in this section of the podcast is my thoughts and feelings from the beta. Now, I will say this, and I will put this out there, that it is a beta. It's not a full release or anything like that. It is demo, uh, server stress tests, just to make sure some of the stuff works. You've got access to one game mode, which is Conquest, and it's against 128 other players on PC. And that's the kind of the gist of it on the beta. There's obviously more modes coming and different bits and pieces. And this is the first battlefield, I think, that doesn't actually have a online, uh, no, sorry, a single player story, which is really disappointing if you're a, a fan of story driven um, series like Battlefield really did have some really good story content. Um, and they've gone to a more modern era. They've gone sort of past the you know, 2021, and they've gone to 2042, so it's set slightly in the future, uh, and you can tell that by the weapons, the gadgets, and different bits and pieces, and it's all-out warfare on a big orbital, Um, and the first thing that I noticed when I loaded in was how good it actually looked. This game looks gorgeous. It's definitely going to test hardware, For those who are wondering, I played this on a GTX 1080 Ti, Ryzen 5600X, and I was playing at 1440p, and I was getting a solid 60fps, I did cap it at 60, at 1440p resolution, and I was running pretty much on high, I always turned down the shadows, turned down terrain, I kind of fiddled with the settings a little bit here and there, just to get it to run at a very nice frame rate. Even on low, I have to say, this game looks good. The 1080 Ti is no slouch of a card. I just haven't got the ray tracing cores and stuff like that in my card, but it does the job. I have the, I think it's the Azu Strix, um, like OC one that they did uh, in my machine, and I was playing this while streaming, and I was using the NVEC uh, streamer encoder, so into the graphics card if you like, and my graphics card was sitting around 70 degrees. So. From a technical standpoint, I experienced no bugs. It ran fine. It was a solid experience in that respect. But there was bugs in what I was experiencing from other players. 
Um, so we'll go over the bugs and stuff like that I experienced. What I mean by there was no bugs for me, there was no crashes. There was nothing that dawned on me that this game is running at a really poor frame rate or this game is crashing constantly. But there were your standard EA-style bugs, I think is the best way to describe it. And I think it's a real shame that we're at a point in the time where we are accepting games with bugs. Again, it's a beta, it's a test, all goods. Hopefully some of these will be patched. A couple of them that I experienced or saw other players, there was a lot of rubber banding. Planes would just disappear from view and then come back three miles above you or they would be crashing into the ground. Um, and I think that should get patched out. I saw bugs of parachutes going through walls and different bits and pieces. Lots of really weird body or ragdoll body physics going into walls and stuff like that. Um, collision, sort of the collision data with this kind of stuff was a bit all over the place. And I found that quite jarring in, um, in all honesty. But hopefully they'll patch some of that stuff out uh, before release next month. I will say this before I go on to some of the goods is that if they delayed it, it wouldn't bother me. The game, I think, could do with another six months in the oven. Honestly, I, I genuinely think that, you know, your big boards and your big, you know, people who don't make the games need to understand that you've got to stop releasing software in a state where it's barely playable and let the player base have the game. And then, you know, all we'll do is we'll patch it later. I'm fed up and sick and tired of that. Windows 11, I haven't upgraded my PC to one Windows 11 because I'm told that this, that it's buggy. Um, so this whole idea that we're going to release it now and we'll patch it later down the line is such a disgusting practice. And again, Battlefield 2042, I feel falls foul to that. Some of the good... It looks gorgeous, as I said at the beginning. There's a lots of weather effects. I saw one tornado, um, which is really, really weird to see. Honestly, it was an experience, and I unfortunately didn't get any video footage of it, but it was a, a really cool experience to see this big open map being engulfed by a weather effect. The rain is really, really beautiful, <laughs> as good as rain can look. Splashes on the screen, on the floor, that kind of stuff. It's a good-looking game in that sense. It's going to test those uh, GPUs. Um, it's going to test your, your computers. I don't know what the minimum spec requirement is of this game. So, yeah, it's gorgeous. There's lots of leaves, foliage, there's bits and pieces. The actual engine they use, the Frostbite engine, is probably one of the most... Um, it's, it's such a beautiful looking engine. It's just a shame it's owned by EA. Shame that Dice is owned by EA. I really, I really feel like um, if Dice was a separate company, they would be able to make the the shooter that they really, really want. Whether you know whether this is the shooter they want, um, this is definitely EA's murky fingers all over it. I started out playing Battlefield. It's one of my favourite shooters series of all time. Um, that kind of grand scale battle you're jumping in. Um, Bad Company 2 was my first experience of Battlefield. Loved it. On to things like um, uh, Battlefield 3 and Battlefield 4. Some of the best days on online, me shoot, you know, playing first person shooters was in Battle 3 and 4. Um, and I always preferred this because of the physics stuff. So you could blow the walls up. And there was some of that in this map. But it felt toned down compared to previous Battlefields. And... That was a bit of a weird experience. There was definitely a toned down aspect of what was being blown up and what wasn't being blown up. Um, I like the fact that your loadout now is quite 
easy and simple so you can choose like a specialized character so in the beta we had access to four whether there's going to be more coming i suspect so because they'll monetize the hell out of this game or you get your pre-edition bonuses and god knows what else but you had a, a guy that's got a grappling hook uh you had a like a, a castle type bloke who had um uh, a turret you had a recon uh style person with a drone uh, so if you, and then you had a uh uh, a lady medic who could heal at range so when you squad up which is one of the best ways to play this battlefield especially you can you know select your heroes if you like you dive in and away you go and one of the things i really like is in previous battlefields if you chose medic you had a certain type of gun that you had to have you had a certain type of secondary and you had a certain type of you know gadgets and then you had your mech pack and all that kind of stuff in this battlefield they they leave that open you essentially select a hero and then you take a package so you take assault uh, medic package recon and so on and in those packages you can customize your guns and everything else the only thing that isn't customizable in those packages is simply put the like the medic bit or the oh no even they are they are sorry my mistake they are even customizable it is just literally select your hero select a package and it'll give you like a base loadout and you can change that so you can have assault weapons lmgs shotguns sniper rifles all mixed in they really have made it you kind of create your hero the way you want to create them um, and then you dive in and uh, when you're in the game and it's one of the best i think it's it's got that kin to ghost recon modern warfare 2 you press the t on the keyboard i don't know what it is on controller but you press t and it'll bring up a an in-game menu where you can swap on the fly different uh, attachments and you know different ammo types and those bits and pieces run out of ammo you can switch your ammo type to have a full you know full load of ammo again so if that makes it into full release which i think it will and then you can hopefully you can add you know different scopes and stuff to your you know to your your favorite wheel if you like um which would be really cool in the beta you had like three scopes you got no scope uh, a close range one and a long range one then you had two different types of ammo or three different types of ammo different stocks to, to support the weapon so what would be really cool in the full release as you unlock your weapons you can unlock new attachments and you can you take a certain loadout in your your wheel and you change them in and out which will be um i think quite cool if that's something they're going for it's got vehicles i was never really a big fan of the vehicles i never really use a lot of vehicles in battlefield i'm more all about just on the ground i love the gameplay of battlefield but i really enjoy when it's more of a close quarters map and that's probably one of the reasons i was a little bit offish with this i love the the gameplay the gunplay feels great you know the firing the weapons and stuff like that um feels feels solid but what i would love is a much more close quarters combat there are choke points on this map but you know it's a large it's huge even for 128 players you can you can walk for five minutes and not see a player or you can spawn and you can have uh, the other army on you i think there were some bots as well which was strange because i don't think there was a lot of people playing at the beginning of the early access um but yes and they've got this rocket launches which is also pretty cool um so in, in a nutshell battlefield is is solid it's a solid experience it's not mind-blowing uh, which the the trailers led us to believe that this game was going to be absolutely mind-blowing and while that's fine i think for me personally 
I'm in this really weird camp that I just don't know at the minute is whether I want to be buying it. Um, you know, I always I always worry about these types of games because of this reason or that reason. And Battlefield falls into that category of it's good, but the beta scares me a little bit to know what it's released. I honestly think it's going to be wait for some really solid reviews to come in and then kind of take it from there. It's a heavy couple of months for, for shooters. You've obviously just had Vanguard release, or you're having Vanguard release, or I don't know, I can't keep up with Call of Duty. But you've got Halo as well, which is a free-to-play multiplayer, and I've been hearing very good things. I didn't get into the, the test uh, pilots of, of those sessions, but I've been hearing really, really good things about Halo itself. But Battlefields, just I honestly think it probably needs another three to six months of iron out those really strange bugs um, and then going from there personally I might be wrong you might be disagree with me and people might really love it um, but for me something just felt a little bit off it's good but currently it's not mind-blowing and that's kind of it I hope this podcast sounded better I've tried better with the plosives in in this uh, for those who don't know the plosives are your peas so you know when you're saying things like played and that you know those types of types of games you can send the the p is quite a harsh sound which you can then it can bounce into the microphone and make it really like or i've adjusted my levels and i've tried something completely different so hopefully this comes across in the recording as always you can get in contact with me head over to uh, my twitter which is at that chav zap and uh, you can get in touch with the show we are on anchor anchor app you can download the anchor app and record a voice note or you can even uh, head over to uh, we can head over. You can even email me at um, z a double p d c e d at hotmail dot com. Z a double p d c e d at hotmail dot com. Get in touch with me. Let me know what you think. I'd love to hear from you if you've been playing Battlefield, New World. What's been your experience of these games? Would love to hear it. And then coming up in the next show, you will be talking all about the long play about where we are in The Witcher Three. Thank you guys. Uh, Subscribe to all of the good stuff and thanks for listening and uh, catch me on Patreon as well. See you later.